but at the same time, you're not in jeopardy of breaking an image by like crying over the phone or having little sniffles. Texting is just convenient and it's there and it's the one that we're most used to. So we're gonna utilize it to the best of our ability. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Greg Talks. I am your host, Greg, and this is my co-host. Erin. And today we will be talking about social stability. This will be part three out of four on our stability mini-series that we're doing for the past month and a half or so. And Erin, <laughs> let you start us off. All right, so with social stability, the first thing that comes to mind are the types of relationships. So we'll be talking about three of them in this podcast. One of them are familial relationships. The second mm-hmm. one is like a work, work yeah. co-worker type of deal. And the third one is friendships. And with friendships, they are a little bit more broad in a way. Because mm-hmm. with family, we have like our internal family then there's our external family with work there's just our superiors and then our co-workers but with friends you can have different groups of friends you have your in group you have your out groups and then you have groups for specific things and some of these groups can tie in with your family or your work so when we think about this it's important to specify what types of groups that you're going for and then making sure that you know exactly how to speak with them as well. So Greg, Mm -hmm. are there some things that you do to keep your familial relationships close? Yeah, so uh, for example, me and my mother, what we do a lot of times to help with bonding is obviously we'll go like shopping together, uh, we'll watch movies at home, and it actually does help when Uh, I watch a movie that she wants to watch typically because that just makes her feel good that I'm interested in something that she likes. Um, But also just like um, cleaning up around the house and doing just the normal day-to-day things to make things a little easier on her um, definitely helps with uh, the bond, strengthening the bond between us. Um, Me and my brother, what we used to do is we used to play games together. Unfortunately, that is not something that we do anymore. But nowadays, uh, what we'll do to bond is like, we'll have these conversations out of nowhere. Um, And also keep in mind, like my brother is like three and a half years younger than me. Um, But we'll get into these like deep conversations about like games coming out or consoles or just like, you know, how he's doing in school. Um, Because we went to the same school and it's just kind of like something that I can speak on as an alumnus, but also as a college student uh, in regards to what he's going through in high school. So just some things I do connect with my brother. And then as far as my dad goes, I just watch movies and that's, about it. Uh, Aaron, how about you, how you connect with your family? Well, over in mine, it's just my dad and I, mm-hmm. and occasionally my um, younger siblings will come over too. So when I'm doing work, because I work from home and then I work on campus too, so mm-hmm. when I'm doing things, I usually go into the room that my dad works in, and I just sit on the couch, and he sits at his desk, and then we just work in silence. But it doesn't feel like one of those awkward silences. It's just natural. And then sometimes when he gets frustrated or I get frustrated with something and we start talking to ourselves, then the other person feeds back into that conversation and then it just keeps rolling and rolling. And you feel like you're not alone 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're building that relationship with another person. Okay. But with my younger siblings, like you've been doing with your younger brother, I always ask them, like, how are you guys doing? If there's anything interesting going on with your lives, like stuff like that. Because it's always interesting just to see what the younger generation is getting up to. Oh, and yeah. sometimes you just got to laugh, right? Because you can relate to some of them. And other things, you just have to shake your head because they're just crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. But then that brings us to the second type of relationship, which is like a coworker type of relationship. Um, I know that most people aren't as tight as others are with their coworkers, but in my eyes, I feel like it's a, a really important thing to do to just be cordial. Always say like the morning or the afternoon greetings, you know, like, hey, how are you doing? What's up? Or if you're speaking to a superior, make sure that you're always friendly and you're smiling, unless, unless you're one of those people that just, you're just going on with the flow, you know? And maybe you're a very sarcastic person, or maybe you're like one of those people that just have a comeback to anything, you know? Just try to be yourself and try to put on, try to put your best foot forward. Greg, I know that you're not, you have a work relationship-ish right now, right? With your Peace Corps thing and everything like that? Not the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. So are there any things that you try to do just to keep communication open with your group? Yeah. Uh, it has been a little tough because, like, the only times we do get to talk are when we are on our weekly, or not weekly, but our daily uh, calls on Zoom. So what we usually do is, I mean, when we get into the the breakout groups that we do, uh, I just kind of ask them how their day is going, though. I ask them, like, uh, what are some things that they've been doing, like, at home to keep busy when they're, like, not doing work related to AmeriCorps, just to kind of, like, see how they're doing and uh, to check up on them from time to time. Uh, But I know, like, in other jobs I've had, like, uh, when I worked at – Planet Fitness or even at uh, DTE in the past, uh, what I would, I would do kind of like the same thing. I would just kind of like every morning, just like go around the office or around the front desk and like have these like chats with them, but they never would really last long. I would typically keep it short because I'm not going to see them once I leave the building. So I I always try to like kind of set my boundaries with um, the people I work with. normally but that's typically how i how i like keep things um healthy and moving with uh my work friends and i think it's really good that you said that part about boundaries mm-hmm. because that's a good lead in into our next topic which is friendships mm-hmm. and as i stated previously there are so many different types of friendships and there are different groups for different friendships as well right right so it's important to keep your boundaries set for these different groups. If you really want to be precise and you want to be honest and open with them, especially with your in-groups, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have a little bit less of a boundary than you do if you're talking to like an external group, you know? And I know most of you out there know what I'm talking about when I say that you don't put your business out in the street unless (laughs) you're ready for it to become public knowledge 
Right. And it's really important when you're communicating with different people to recognize whether or not that person has your back and if you have that person's back. Because chances are, if it's not mutual, then there's a reason for that. True. So Greg, with your in-group or maybe with some of your out-groups, what do you do to keep your communication flowing? Uh, now with my in-groups, since I normally talk to them a lot more often than I do with my out-groups, uh, communication does tend to uh, be quite healthy and smooth most of the time. I make sure like I contact like my in-group every week or so um, just to make sure that I don't go too long without checking up on the first thing I'm doing or vice versa than trying to see what I'm doing. Uh, but with my out-group, normally what I'll do is I'll do follow-up calls with them every so often. Um, not like follow-up in business, but you know, like follow-up in terms of checking up on them to see how their family um, and how they're feeling, especially with everything going on. Uh, I have been doing that a lot more often. But what I do think is important when you're dealing with multiple friend groups is to be fine with losing connections with some in favor over the other. Because when you move throughout your life, uh, you're going to meet lots of new people. It's going to be like a lot harder to, you know, um, stay in contact with those that you've known since your childhood, you know, because you're you're spending more time with people you know now, mainly. So I think it's very crucial that you're willing to let go of some friendships to make room for new and sometimes better ones. But Aaron, uh, how do you uh, manage uh, between your different circles of friends? I try to keep them equally. So mm -hmm. there isn't, I'm, I'm an open book. I, you can tell exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking based off my expression. Like I try to keep it very real with people. But there are some people that I feel closer to and that we've been through a lot more than others. Mm -hmm. So with those people that I consider like my in-in group, then I, I text them a lot and I'm not afraid to call them. I know some people have a thing against calling or um, FaceTiming or video chatting in general, but I, I love talking to people. So mm -hmm. um, even with my out group, I call them every once in a while. I say, hey, what's up? And we just get into like this long talk. And then I might not talk to them again for another week or so. And the cycle just repeats. But I make sure to always keep in close contact with them, even if it's like every other holiday or something like that. And then similar to how you were saying earlier, Greg, mm -hmm. I know when it's time to like cut a relationship. Because sometimes the vibe just isn't there like it used to be in the past. Right. So I wish them good luck. I say um, if they ever need any help or ever like talk to anybody, then I'm always willing to lend an ear. But I make sure that I'm available for them mm -hmm. so that they're not feeling alone. And at that same token, you're not necessarily like cutting a bond. You're just letting it fade out. And yeah. that's all there is to it. Yeah. We don't break bonds, just let them move on naturally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. But speaking of like friendships, I think in addition to that, it's also just as important to make sure that you're spending time around people who have similar values to you. Uh, the reason I say this is because if you spend time around friends who do things that aren't necessarily the most positive types of actions, it can start to have a negative influence on you in a way that you don't like, and it can also stifle your personal growth, which is why being around people who promote more positivity 
helps you um, with whatever you're doing though, because it's like a motivator. Negative people tend to bring you down and they bring you down to a dark place. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any like experience or well, like, speaking more towards like having friends that are similar to you or just have the same values? I'd like to say that all the people that I consider to be my friends have some aspect that are similar to what I like to do or what I value. So I know a lot of my friend group, my in group, like anime, and they also like communicating, right? So I like to communicate. I like anime a lot. I love anime. And we're able to just vibe on that topic. But we're also able to vibe on different topics because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I've ever met somebody like me, like somebody that's very like open, very, just very me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I've met people from all different types of life. Some people that have history, some people that have more sassiness than I do. And it's so cool just getting to talk with them and being able to just have a diverse group of people that have different thoughts about life, even if their opinions differ from yours. And it's just cool because you're getting a whole walk around from the world almost. Exactly. But moving on, uh, this isn't going to be like a rant or anything though, but I do want to kind of address the issue between calling versus texting argument. And it's not to say that one is better than the other. It's just that I think I've come to a point in my life where I'm starting to, I guess, question why we like to text so much and why it's so difficult to get into the mindset of calling people. And I've come to the conclusion, I think it's because people um, don't want to be vulnerable um, with another person as much as they would have been, say, before smartphones came into the picture. Um, I don't know if it's because it's like, it's ingrained in us to continually um, text people and not want to communicate on a deeper and emotional level, or um, if it's because of a fear. Honestly, I think it's because of fear. Um, me, personally, um, I was, and I've been a texter um, since I got a smartphone, you know, and over the years, you know, what I found is, and a lot of you might find this trivial, because it has been said time and time again, that it's hard to read a person's emotions and feelings through words on mm -hmm. a screen or just characters. Um, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, well, why don't I just um, call this person so I can kind of get across what I need to say a lot quicker and they can kind of understand based on the tone of my voice, like the urgency, I need the information or um, the emotion in it. So, yeah, I just want to mention that because I do think I should strive to call people more, you know, especially now in this current uh, day and age, because there are a lot of people that are right now, like there are a lot of you out there that when you go back to school, you know, you might, because you haven't seen people in a while, or you just haven't been talking to like counselors and things like that, you know, you might not be in the most positive space though. So I think it's important that people practice connecting with others through their voices more. Uh, but Aaron, did you, do you have anything like mm -hmm. to add on like the texting or calling argument? I know we had this conversation a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. but similar to what you were saying, right? Calling makes a person a little bit more vulnerable to the other person. So maybe if your relationship isn't like that close, calling can either strengthen it or it could weaken it. And I feel like a lot of people just aren't used to being that familiar with somebody or being that emotional with somebody. Because when you talk on the phone, 
you you leave your hands open to do whatever you're thinking about not only what the other person is saying but also how you're going to react and i feel like that's the part that last statement is what people don't really know how to like avoid because everybody is comparing themselves to something or and or somebody right mm-hmm. so when you're doing things it's always like what's this person going to think or if i say this then maybe i can say this or maybe like my tone is just a little bit high or i'm saying like too much you know mm-hmm. so things like that just constantly go off and they're always being thought of but I think what's really important to realize about calls is that it's not, you're not being recorded. (laughs) It's not for a grade and everybody is judging everybody, but nobody really cares, you know? So to me, at least, that's why I like calling people almost because there's just something vulnerable about showing your tone or hearing another person and being real with both of us. Because when you text, right, when you said how things are just characters, there's only so much an emoji can do. I'm a very emotive texter. So I will use emoji, I'll use GIFs, I'll use Mm -hmm. whatever the heck is in my arsenal to make my messages seem a little bit more lively. But there are some people that have text slang, so you know, you instead of Y-O-U, or you are instead Mm -hmm. of your work. And that gives off a little sense of emotion. It's their own little quirk, but you don't really get the vibes as you do if you're calling somebody. True. And that's mm -hmm. one of my values is like honesty is the best policy. So the most honest and most vulnerable thing to do when you're talking with somebody is to be able to just talk with them, like be straight up. And either video chats or calling is like the best method of doing that. But on the same token, there are lots of people that I know that feel way more comfortable with texting because all they are are words on a page that you try to put as much emotion into so the other person gets it. And I don't want to like slander that point because I do think it has a convenient tool. Um, I'm glad that it is there because, you know, we can't always help. I think what we need to realize is we shouldn't let it become how we communicate, period. And that's where I think... Just a little bit. So what I mean by that is I don't think we should allow it to become an addiction basically like when we when we create relationships with people you know and after a while you know after a while um if we've been texting this person i think at a certain point it should gravitate to calling you know it shouldn't stay texting forever is what i'm saying when you're not around i think so it's not like you know you shouldn't call right away but i I think in order to advance the relationship it's not meeting first you know i think shooting you know that person called wouldn't hurt you know so they they can hear voice you know having like a little spice of life type of flavor to it yeah kind of something like that but that's kind of all i'm going to say on like the calling and texting thing if you guys want to let you know argue with me about that in the comments feel free uh if you want to indulge that um but Speaking on other forms of communication, like, I mean, if you guys are feeling lonely, 
or, you know, not super well. I mean, there are chat rooms and video chat because that's probably like the closest thing we have to um, interpersonal contact right now. So those can be definitely like a positive way you can like also have people add Discord, Instagram, you know, whatever you use um, to communicate with people. Even Amino, kind of when I'm on most of the time, chat room, you know, speaking with people out or uh, another hobby that you might like, you know, it can lift your spirits to have other people there to speak with, especially when you're bored in your house and not really seeing or talking to a lot of people at once. Uh, but Aaron, uh, if you don't have anything else to add, uh, I think that just about wraps things up. Um, in a week, we will be doing our final episode, which will be on spiritual stability. And we'll actually have a guest come in to help further that conversation. So look forward to that. Do not forget to smash that subscribe button uh, this video. If, uh, if you would, it goes a long way to help us out. And also, like I said, uh, comment down below. Uh, I would love to hear uh, some of your thoughts on ways uh, to better your own brothers. Make sure you follow our Instagram page at Greg Talks, that's G-R-E-G-T-A-L-K-Z. Once again, our YouTube channel is Greg Talks, that's G-R-E-G-T-A-L-K-Z. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Take care.